Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 20 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at ByCASimmons, and go ahead and give us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, we've made it to our 20th episode and after doing a couple of in-person podcasts, we are back to remote because uh, I'm actually at home in Tampa. Um with my family and that's why if you hear any dogs in the background that's well that's why you most likely going to hear some dogs barking in the background so just bear with us um anyways christian we made it to 20 episodes how are you doing i'm doing good i really i didn't think we would that's yeah. a lie i have, I complete faith in us yeah um, i don't know i just i think from the beginning i was like well i mean we could start doing this and see if people listen and they're like, oh, people are kind of listening. This is nice. And then I was like, well, maybe we'll get bored of it eventually. And, you know, we're 20 episodes <laughs> in now. And I think we're still doing pretty well. So we definitely the- are, because if any of us brings up a podcast idea, then the next like 30 minutes of our lives is just us discussing a podcast idea. So I feel like that's a good. And then we and start then, like, basically- at some point when we do this podcast, there will be a football season and we can like do <laughs> podcasts on football that's happening and not just like, well, I wonder what's going to happen next. Yeah, year. So that'll be fun, too. Well, that's that's my thing is that if we can make it through this summer, if we can make it through all this. I actually get to football season, we'll be fine. Which we will since we have 90 ideas on our freaking calendar. Yeah, we do have a lot of ideas. So I think, I mean, I'm very excited about them. I think Christian is too. So listeners, please be excited with us because we've got (laughs) a lot of fun, uh, a lot of fun ideas, a lot of fun things to talk about. And kind of to recap uh, the 2020, 2021 uh, sports seasons for UCF, um, we're going to rank our seasons today. Um, The top 10 teams, and this is the disclaimer, is that we're only doing the ones that play games and have records. So sorry to, you know, the other teams that, I mean, had good seasons, you know, both golfs, I think had, had their moments and uh, track and fields actually had a, a really good year and shout out to UCF cheer as well for their uh, runner up performance at the UCA nationals, but just and for rowing. the, yeah. And rowing. Well, they didn't, which I just want to jump in really quickly. Cause this was partially <laughs> my decision to only rank the sports that played games that it wasn't like a, Oh, the other sports don't matter. It was just like, we tried with all 16 sports, that UCF sponsors and like quantifying seasons for sports that are largely based on individual performance and comparing it to like a team sport, like football yeah. was very difficult. So it felt like just ranking the seasons of teams <laughs> that all have records. And well, it's funny because seemed like an easier task. Originally I ranked all 16 and I was like, that was like, Oh, it was just hard to do. Like you said, it was hard to compare. And that's when I reached out to Christian. I was like, how are we doing this? I was like, are we going to cut these down, do a top 10? What? And then Christian came up with a brilliant idea to do just teams that played games and have records. So a little bit easier to compare, but we're going to go one to 10 because I mean, as Christian also brilliantly pointed out, I think we're going to have more to talk about once we get lower down the list, because I think the top of the list is a little bit more clear. And then the bottom is when things will get interesting. So which I we guess- were talking about before we started here, that like I'm, I feel like our lists are going to be very different because we both really struggled <laughs> with because a lot of teams had good seasons. Like yeah. there really was only like, well, we'll get into it, but I, I there were a lot of good seasons. So I've I we struggled with our lists, but yeah, I, I mean, I I made a change like two minutes before we started, and I'm still not even <laughs> fully confident in that change, and it's closer to the top of the list. So we'll go ahead and get into it. I think I guess I'll just throw it over to you and see who your number one is, and I'll bring mine and we'll talk about it. All right, my number one is a team that at one point in their season I declared was the biggest disappointment in the last (laughs) decade of UCF athletics. And that would be the UCF men's soccer team who started awful. I think they lost their, they started one and three. 
something like that. Yeah. And I was, and they came into the season with a top 25 ranking. They were, they were like to number get, 10, weren't they? Yeah. They're supposed to get far in the NCAA tournament. And I was just like, I, I think I tweeted it. I was like, they are a dramatic disappointment. It's just a real shame. You definitely said it on here. And yeah, and they just straight up didn't lose after I said that. They won through the rest of the regular season. They went and won the AAC, and then they went to the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. I mean, they had an awesome season. I mean, the best season that they've had, I mean, I guess probably ever. I mean, Calabrese has put together a heck of a program there. And yeah, so they've climbed from me declaring them the biggest disappointment in decade to literally the best sports performance for a UCF team this year. I had that revelation myself as I was putting together my list because I also had men's soccer at number one. And I just remembered that, yeah, they went from being the biggest disappointment in the last decade to being the best UCF team of this entire season of any of the teams. So, yeah, I mean, they they go from one and three to I think if the finished record was nine, four and one. No, they, they finished 10 and three and one. Did, well, I don't care. I know their wow. official record is nine and four and one, but their AAC championship game. They won in PKs over SMU or the semifinal game. Was that the championship game? The semifinal game. Oh, that was a semifinal game. In the semifinal game, they won in PKs. And for some reason that counted as a draw in their I record. forgot that's yeah, I forgot that was a little weird nuance thing about that. But anyways, uh, so that aside, would be so that so that would be 10 and 4 was their final record. Yes. Right? Because the four I'm struggling so because in American sports, the the tie is on the end, and we're European soccer fans, and in European yeah. soccer, the draw is in the middle. So I always get these back. Yes, so 10 and 4. I think, yeah, record. the way even the way they do it is, and the MLS has switched over to doing the draw second, I think you said, right? But they did. They switched same. to the American version, which wait, I, MLS I switched to the American version? Yeah, they were doing the European version, oh. switched to the American version. Or maybe I, I had the backwards. I don't remember. This is a UCF podcast. We don't know what's yeah. going on in MLS. We just watch the city. <laughs> but use. shout out to Orlando City. They're doing pretty well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think all like record aside, confusion of the record aside, they were one and three at one point and they turned it all the way around. Having lost two games to Tulsa, turned it around to finish number one in uh, the, as a number one seed going into the tournament and beating out Tulsa. And yeah, and then they get to the final with that, that thrilling PK win over SMU and then they win the AAC championship. So you know, they also had two top 25 wins. One of those was over SMU. And then one of those was in the tournament against James Madison, I believe it was. And then, yeah, I mean, getting to the Sweet 16, um, you know, you're one of the best 16 teams in the nation. I think they finished 13 in the final yeah. rankings of the season. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought as difficult as it was to put this list together, I was pretty confident in men's soccer being number one all along. Were you? My, bi- my big point there for why I felt they were number one, because there were one or two other teams here that could have contended for that spot was that in this COVID season where so many teams across the country just want, just wanted to get it over with, just wanted to give up one and three was their perfect excuse to give up yeah. and just get through the rest of the year. And they did it. I mean, they fought so hard. And, and part of what I looked at too, for every team was, you know, what were their expectations going into the year, into this year? Like in my head, a team that had really high expectations and had an average year is probably a worse season than a team that had low expectations and had an average year. And they had high expectations and it, they went through this pendulum swing of they did not meet them to they dramatically met them. And I, you know, so I just, it was, and it was also just kind of like from following them, they were fun to follow. Bailey and I yeah. got out to a couple games. They just had a really fun, exciting season. And it was the type of season that I just can't wait to go see what they can do next year now. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know they'll, they'll be losing a couple of their, their top guys from this year, but it's still, I think with the trajectory that the program has been on under Calabrese, I would think next year is going to be another good year. And it's exciting because before he got here, men's soccer was kind of a forgotten about program, it seemed like. And, you know, now here they are atop our list from the 2020-2021 season. So, um, yeah, I mean, a, a great season. And we can go ahead and move on to number two. And I'll, I'll start here because this is where I, I flipped right before 
the podcast, I flipped my two and three. So what we ended up on was my number two being women's tennis. You women's women's tennis is my number two as well. Okay. All right. We're so off we're, to so a, we're a two doing good. Two start. We're doing good. <laughs> it almost wasn't mine, but we'll talk about that in a second. I'll yeah, be curious when, who your number three was because my three and four I struggled with. So this will be okay. Fun. Women's tennis uh, went 20 and five. They won the AAC championship again. They had five top 25 wins and they made it to the sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament before uh, finishing number 11 overall. So another UCF team finishing uh, in their season in the sweet 16. And I think in, in the singles, um, the singles NCAA championships, I don't think it went as well as it did for the men's, but still had a couple qualifiers for the singles uh, championships. But yeah, I mean, women's tennis, the tennis programs in general, both have become, you know, <laughs> world-class. And I think it started with the opening of their facility was, was obviously a huge thing. And yeah. And over the past several years, the, the tennis programs both have done really well, but women's tennis, I think this year was a step above and really had a, a really good season. Yeah. It's one of those sports where I don't like, I, it doesn't get a lot of attention from right. fans, which I, I get it. You know, I'm not one of those. I know some people are like, you have to pay attention to UCF sport. You're not a real fan. Like, I understand it. You have a lot going on in your life that you can't always, you know, <laughs> keep track of every single sport, but no, I, to your point, I mean, both of the tennis programs, now we're talking about women's tennis because they had a really great year to me. I just, at the end of the day, I felt like I had to put the two UCF programs that got to the sweet 16 in the top two. I felt like I couldn't get around that, even though there were some other teams that had some points that I felt like elevated them into that conversation. So that was my main factor. But yeah, they were another one of the UCF teams that started good last year. And then COVID was like, bye. And it was just nice to, some teams came up, came back this year and backed that season up. Some did not, which we'll talk about later, but it was nice (laughs) that uh, women's tennis really backed that up and had a really, really solid year. I mean, they're just a nationally renowned program at this point. And that's awesome. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I kind of had to flip them up into my top two was that they went to the sweet 16 and it was a little bit different than men's soccer because men's soccer started out and had a bye in the first round, correct? Then they had the they yep. started in the second round against James Madison, got the win to go to the Sweet 16. Women's tennis had to win two games to get to the Sweet 16, so a little bit different of a journey for them, but still a Sweet 16 season and the five top 25 wins I think really stood out. To That's me. crazy. So they started the season in a similar way that men's soccer did, where they had I mean oh, some oh. really tough. There are the dogs going again. Um, <laughs> there they started with a really tough schedule i think they had like uh, two top 10 games or at least two top 15 matches i believe to start the season and they went oh and two dropped them both and might have even started like a one and three like men's soccer did but then they turned right around and you know to finish 20 and five that's that's pretty impressive with five top 25 wins and they you know in tennis it's a little bit different too because they rank them like to the 40s i think yeah a lot of teams ranked which yeah. I, I i like i like that Me i too. wish football yeah, it, would rank more teams it gives you a little bit more of a gauge of like who or how good the unranked teams are that you're playing because like i also think it would really benefit teams like ucf who don't have as strong a schedule as an sec team that want to make a playoff because just having a tangible ranking versus just the yeah. top 25 and then the uh, it's just the unranks and they all just kind of mu- like jumble together i feel i, I like it that they do. yeah because it's if, more work for voters so, yeah. so they don't want to do it <laughs> so they're not gonna, they're not going to do it but if you know if you beat a team that's like oh they're receiving votes it's still cool sometimes to be able to say like all right there is they would be if they did it they would be 28th. Like it just gives you something tangible, like you said, to to really get a gauge on it. But yeah, I mean, they had the five top 25 wins. And if you go to top 40 or top 50 wins, they had even more. So yeah, I mean, women's tennis, I thought at the, at the end of it was probably a clearer number two than I originally thought. And we can get on number three. I like to hear your number three first. Yeah, my number three was, I struggled with this one 
and I guess I'll just say it so we can talk about my struggle with it. My number three is volleyball. Ooh, okay. Well, it's not mine, but <laughs> <laughs> I can tell from your reaction. So what I struggled with a lot with volleyball and I went back and forth was how to balance what, in my opinion, was far and away the most dominant regular season of any UCF team this year with a, what's essentially was a disappointment once they got yeah. to their tournament. And I really struggled with that. And I guess what I came da- it came down to for me is they did live up to their expectations. They'd won two straight AAC championships and they won another one. They went 16 and two. And yeah, they went to the NCAA tournament and they lost in the first round. They, I, and I, they, it was against High Point, who's not a power team, but was undefeated. It doesn't help that High Point then immediately went down easily in the round <laughs> after. But I just, at the end of the day, I, it, to me, it would kind of be like if UCF football went 13 and 0 and won the AAC and then lost badly in a New Year's Six Bowl. That's still one of their best years ever, even if that happens. So, like, so I don't know some random team that barely uh, coastal Carolina also went undefeated and they matched them in a six bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, I, I mean, just to recap the regular season, they went 16 and one. They, including the tournament, they didn't lose. Uh, they lost one set in all of conference play before going to the conference tournament. I mean, that's in, I, they just, they were, and I guess that's to me just why I decided to put them there is while the end result was disappointing, it felt weird to discount a, absurdly dominant regular season over one bad performance and it really wasn't even a bad performance it was a close it was it was close yeah but they didn't get the win the thing about that game i just remember watching it and high point just had a ridiculous game like it was yeah, just it, anything they just UCF couldn't be stopped him. yeah anything ucf threw at them anything you know high point just they just had the upper hand at all times and it was just it was one of those frustrating games because like you couldn't do anything to really overcome it but i think that's where i might have let the first round exit cloud my judgment a little bit i had volleyball number four to kind of round this out i have a number four and yeah i, I kind of just you kind of forget a little bit that they were 16 and one going into that ncaa tournament game and the the one loss was to a good florida state program and they were up to nothing in that and they were up two sets yep. to nothing in that match and ended up losing three to two but they bounced back they went undefeated in conference play again and three-peated as aac champions um so yeah, I think I might have let the NCAA tournament exit in the first round maybe change my perception a little bit, but I mean, but it's overall... fair for it to change your perception because, like I said, I struggled with it. I went back and forth, and I, yeah, and I'm I guess part of it is, now. you know, <laughs> I'm kind of regretting it now when I when I weigh it against my number three. Um, should which, we move on then? Take I guess we one. should because my number three and maybe your number four was softball. Oh, I softball's not very high on my list. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Softball is, I had softball at sixth. Okay. Well, so I guess we can talk about softball. Yeah, we'll talk about softball, who I had at number three. And it was it was a tough one. Originally I had them at number two, just because wow. of the regular yeah, season. Very different opinions a lot on of, softball. A lot of the what they did in the regular season. I know AAC play was probably pretty frustrating and not what we expected after the start to the season, but to have three top five wins, um, including they beat number two, Arizona, and they swept number five, Florida, um, to go 41 and 19 and one and make it to the finals of the AAC tournament. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was a really good season. It was one of their best in years. Obviously, making it back to the NCAA tournament was huge. And getting to the regional final uh, of the Tallahassee Regional, which I think it's funny in, in softball and baseball, just the way the regionals work is that it's designed for I mean, it makes sense that designed for the best teams to to host and to you, everyone expects those top seeds 
to move on. Like it's just kind yeah. of it's a it's a it's similar to like the NBA ways. playoffs yeah. where you play it, it you you have a system where the best teams are just going to come out on top. Yeah, it's I mean not, it's, just, it's not upset friendly. Yeah, it really isn't. So you know, for for UCF to win the first game of the regional against Auburn was a was a good win, and then they get matched up against number 10 Florida State lose and then it comes to a point where they have to beat number 10 twice in the same day um so yeah I mean I, I thought getting to to the Tallahassee Regional getting back to the NCAA tournament was um a big reason why I put them here and it was two I think those big wins against Arizona and Florida but now that I'm thinking back I probably would have if I'm gonna do this again even though I'm second guessing myself mere like 20 minutes after I finalized this list I'm probably looking at um, volleyball at number three and softball down to number four or five. But I, I don't know, just for some reason, I look at the softball season on the whole and see a, a, a season where they had 41 wins. And I think the number 41 just impressed me um, because especially early part of the season, they were dominant. And I think where they ended up probably matched that dominance, but I think not coming away with a conference championship maybe should have dropped them down my list a little bit. So my reasoning, so they were sixth online, if I did okay. not say that already. Yeah. And you had them at two. So wow, that's our first big. Well, three difference. now. But oh, three. Okay, originally at two, now three. <laughs> um, which to me, that's more just a symptom of how many UCF teams had great years. Like I by no means am like, oh, softball didn't have a good year. Their year was great. They were just, I mean, there were so many UCF teams that just had amazing seasons. Yeah. It was really a fun year. But so my main thing that I dropped them was that it felt at the midway point of the season, it felt like a much more special season than it ended up being. Yeah. They really did have some struggle. I looked up, they, they finished conference play on a 12 and seven and one stretch. And I just, it got that second half of the season was really frustrating where they went from, yeah, they'd go in non-conference play and beat a top 10 team. And then they'd come back and they couldn't win a game against Wichita or they could lose a series to Tulsa. And that knocked them down the list for me a lot. And then it was also just not winning the AAC, which I know that that's not like, the benchmark we judge all teams by, but there were other AAC champions this year. And at the end of the day, I just felt like, you know, if you won the conference, you deserve to be ahead of the team that didn't. And yeah. there was another team that I felt ha that did not win a conference championship, but I felt had a more compelling case for being higher on the list because of some unusual circumstances around that team, which I think we'll get to soon. So but, we're going we're gonna to move on. Wait, so that's, this would be your number four, right? Uh, Wait, I'm confused no. now. We'll talk about that. I was just saying there was another. So, because remember, softball was six for me. So, we've got two more teams. Okay. Okay. One of them that I went back and forth on, I felt that team got the benefit of the doubt because of a circumstance, an injury circumstance surrounding that team. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, for softball to me, it was just the second half of the season got frustrating at times. It was still a great year. They went to a regional final. That's awesome. Um, but I, it, that little, when we're, we're splitting hairs here, because so many teams had good seasons and I had to, I had to look for things that would knock a team down. And for me, it was the second half of conference play. It was frustrating at times. And I felt like that was enough for me, plus not winning the conference to put them lower than some other teams. I think like the, what finalized it for me is that there was a point in the season where I was like, they look like they could be on track to host a regional, which yeah. I thought would have been yeah. huge. But then I think as things kind of fell back to earth a little bit, I was like, okay, well, I mean, they're still going to make the tournament and yeah, the, the second half of the season was frustrating, but for them to end up in the tournament, losing in regional final, kind of matched my expectations like going into the season was that hey yeah they're going to be a tournament team maybe not going to get to super regional so i think that's why i felt like a little bit less disappointment by the end of the season so um, i don't i do want to clarify I, I they didn't have a disappointing well season. right no yeah, yeah great great season and i agree with that i just 
when I'm looking at all the teams, I just felt there were some other teams that I felt deserved to be higher on the list. Yeah. But they had a great year. They had their best year since what, 2015? Was that I their think last that's, that was the case. Yeah. Appearance? And they're another team that like, I can't wait to see what they do next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, they, I mean, I know that they uh, lost Aaliyah White, but I, they, you know. We'll get to it they, a little bit. I think once we're done with our top 10, we're going to talk a little bit about next year, next yeah. sports season. But yeah, I think, I think they've got a bright future. And, and I think Coach Bear is uh, maybe a little bit, uh, underrated, I think, just because the the start that she got off to, just you know, this was obviously the first time she's been to an NCAA tournament with UCF, but not getting a chance to go last year because of the season getting cut short, and then being able to follow that up with this season uh, was pretty special. So since I don't know she what... took over, the program hasn't missed a beat, and I don't think people are fully yeah. acknowledging how impressive that is, especially given how young this program is. I mean, exactly. that would uh, so yeah, hats off yeah. softball. And I don't know what it says about my brain, but I've already gotten lost and confused into my list. So I've so we've both given our top threes, I believe. Okay. But we've also and talked about my number four. So who's your number four? My number four. Should we just recite where we're at in our list so quick through the top three? Yeah, sure. Okay. So my top three were men's soccer, women's tennis, and volleyball. Mine's mine was men's soccer, women's tennis, and softball. Right. And then and then so those are the four we've talked about because softball was six on my list. So I'll yeah. give you my number. I'll give you my number four. Okay. My number four is men's tennis. Okay. They were. They were probably pretty unfair. Like this was the harshest one I felt, but this was, they were number six on my list. We did go some different. I knew we were going to, because we're yeah. having conversations about how we're having trouble with the team. Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be pretty different, but go ahead. Go ahead with your reasoning for having them at four. And, and I, like I said, it, they're probably pretty unfairly number six on my list. Well, for me, um, you won the conference. You, you got to You got to I, I, to me, if you won the conference, you had a better season than a team that didn't win the conference. So that to me, I'll automatically put them in a higher group. Um, they went 22 and four. I mean, just an awesome, awesome year for them. They made it to the second round of the NCAA tournaments. They did have some postseason success as well. Um, they were another, literally like women's tennis. They also showed us last year that they could have been good before, you know, COVID yeah. came and did, did its COVID things. But yeah, all around, I just, uh, at the end of the day, they're an AAC champion. And I wanted to have the AAC champions as my top four. Cause I just felt like, I felt like I would, something really extraordinary would have had to happen for me to say, okay, you didn't win the conference, but your season was better. The only one there would have been like if baseball had won the AAC, if they'd won that game against USF, because obviously they didn't do anything in the regular season to back up that trophy. But yeah, yeah, for me, I, that was really, I mean, it, th- there's nothing crazy to it. That was really what it came down to. Yeah. And I think like, if you looked at my list, there isn't a, maybe not a lot of logic behind it. It's just, <laughs> just gonna shoot, shoot you straight there. I don't think like, if you look at the resumes, you're not going to say, oh yeah, softball had a better season than men's tennis or necessarily volleyball. I think for me, it, what I kind of looked at less, less so I guess the AAC championships, although those were important in my rankings and probably even less so expectations, but more so just like highlights from the season. Um, and I think that's probably where a little bit of bias came into because I, yeah, I followed what men's tennis was doing, but I more closely followed softball and watched softball a lot more. Yeah, we didn't make it to a men's tennis game, yeah. but we did make yeah. it to softball. Maybe we should do that next year. We should get out to, to that. I don't even know how things work over there. But Is there a way? All right, I have a goal for next year. Yeah, let's go to every. This this, this was an old Night Sports Now story that we were going to have Zach do that got shelved, which let's go to, let's go, let's go see all 16 UCF teams play at some point. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, that, I mean, we, that's it's weird that it hasn't come up before in our friendship because I feel like that would be something that we would just do. Well, I feel like how many did we, even in like this messed up COVID year, we still crossed. We went to men's soccer. Lives. We went men's to soccer, volleyball, volleyball, football, softball. obviously. I didn't make it. To, well, yeah, we did. Never mind. I went to the USF game with you. <laughs> you were there with that. me. Yeah. Uh, I did men's basketball. I, I didn't make it to you. men's basketball or women's basketball this year. 
I mean, in a normal year, like I think 2019, I at least, I know I got volleyball, both the soccers, both basketballs, baseball, softball, football. Yeah, we could totally do it if, if we put our minds to it. Yeah, absolutely. Rowing will be tough. Could. Ooh. But I, I think if we plan it right, we can make it work. Tough. We can do I don't it. know how that works. We can just, you go to, I mean, yeah, you can go. Can you to, go? You can I'm go sure to a race. Go. Yeah. It's how just probably going to be a drive. Well, I don't know, because there was the one on Lake Pickett that's like, I don't oh. know not very far but i don't we're know we're gonna do it we're gonna do yeah. it yeah well let's make that let's do that let's do that <laughs> next year um some extenuating circumstances of course are gonna make that a little bit more difficult but um i think we can do it we'll <laughs> i think we can do we're, it we're, but i forgot i forgot about that yeah we'll be fine well now everyone's gonna be in suspense but whatever you are you know. can you not say that i, mean, I guess i can the, the thing uh, is i am folks i am moving back from orlando back to tampa to my hometown so I'll still be around Orlando. So Christian and I will, will more than likely be able to do that. Um, but yeah, those are the extenuating circumstances. I started to like, be like, okay, wait, if I'm not going to say it, people are going to be like, what's going on? Like, is you made it very vague. Like, it's yeah. like, a, like what's happening? Like, <laughs> yeah, that, I we just got so, that out there. Yeah, that's the case. That's what's happening. But um, anyways, we are, uh, we're what, through the top four now. Yeah. Although my number four, you said your number four is men's tennis. My number four is volleyball, which we already talked about. Yeah. Um, so we're on to your, your number, number five. I'm so my number five was women's basketball. Um, really? Yes. So is mine. Okay. <laughs> you, <laughs> you got me there for a second. <laughs> and I, I was expecting you to do that at some point in this list, like pretend to be surprised. But yeah, you know, I thought, I, or I thought like when you started with your number one, you were going to like jokingly say football or something and I was going to scream. Um, but <laughs> if, yeah, they won, number, if, they, if they'd won the uh, Boca Raton Bowl, then my number, my number five is women's basketball. They went 16 and five, uh, 11 and two in the AAC, and controversially finished second in the AAC uh, during the regular season. Not so controversially finished second in the tournament. Um, but yeah, AAC tournament runners up, and then they lost in the tournament NCAA tournament first round. I think they would have. I mean, I don't know, man. I think they would have gone on fairly easily. Without absolutely nine, without have. diamond battles getting hurt and that was the, my entire order right yeah that it was, was like why four I, minutes yeah, in the game it was very early in the game and they were looking good until diamond battles got hurt which for those of you who don't follow women's basketball she is the heart and soul of that team and, and you should I follow know. women's basketball is they're fun yeah. watch them they're fun uh coach abe is building a freaking monster i I've, I've said it talk, i've said it <laughs> we talked so much about coach abe last week but i was I gonna say i've said it every week i could talk about if i had to pick a ucf team that was going to win a national championship it would be like a national championship that's acknowledged by everyone it would be <laughs> women's basketball <laughs> um but no i like to me what put them ahead of softball in my list was basically the diamond battles injury where i'm like i know that i just i know they would have gone further in that farther in that tournament yeah if she hadn't got hurt and it was also, they had a really dominant regular season. They didn't really have a downslope like softball did. And they, even though I don't really care about this, even though some of the people do, they, they essentially should have won a regular season conference title. But this whole thing where Memphis and USF, that counted as a forfeit because Memphis had COVID and somehow USF got a win. And that win put them over UCF. Makes no sense. Did so, we ever get an actual explanation very, about that? Yes, the explanation is that the AAC hates UCF and wanted to put them in their place. Because <laughs> I don't remember, like, I just don't remember there ever being like a like an actual like. I have not heard of a single situation in any other conference in America this year where a team canceled a game due to COVID and got and <laughs> was credited with a loss. Yeah, I, just, I really, I, I don't know what that is, but yeah, I mean that that's why I was wondering if where they would end up on your list because even with like even ha- had they been awarded a share of the regular season conference championship you don't really care about conference championships in the regular season. I don't care to them, you know, to a great degree, 
but I still think it's something to hang your hat on a little bit. But yeah, yeah I was to me, curious. it was definitely more the Diamond Battles thing to me. Yeah. Because I don't think that like that seat, and I don't know, like maybe you're, you can interpret it differently. Maybe you can see that injuries are a part of the season. And I kind of held a, something similar to that against another team that also plays the same sport. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, for me, it's like, it was so evident from the first few minutes of that game that they were going to move on. And it just, it felt weird to knock a season so far down because of just a, an injury that swung one game. Yeah. And the NCAA tournament too. Like they were still in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. They like made the NCAA tournament. Again. They would have made it three years in a row, according to them. If it hadn't been for COVID canceling the tournament last year, there's some, yeah, we don't actually know for sure about last year. They were kind of on the, bubble, but we can but say it because yeah, they can't no, say we, we can't. don't, we don't know that they wouldn't have been. So we can say that they would have been three but straight yeah. NCAA tournament appearances for you. And then the fact that they're returning everyone like that, we talked about that a little everyone. last week. Yeah. yeah. They're returning everyone. So I think they're in, in excellent shape for, for next year and the future. Um, so we are through our five now, but we both given our six as well. Yes, we both. So uh, my six was softball. Who was your Mine six was again? men's tennis. Right. So again, we're both. So we're probably onto... very unfairly. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Sorry, you could argue six. my softball is unfairly. I like how we both. This is how deep this year was. Like both teams we put at six could reasonably be like yeah. that's stupid. But... Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yours, your six was my three. So yeah, there I think was that a just very, to it. very clear bottom four. The order isn't so clear, but there was a yeah. very clear bottom also, four. Also, one thing about men's tennis before we move on to the bottom four was uh Gabe DeCamps had an amazing year just as part of the whole team effort but also he ended up going in to the singles championships for the NCAAs and I think he went to the elite eight and so he, he had like the I think the best season of any UCF player ever it's a straight up tennis powerhouse right? it really is they honestly it's, are both both programs finished number 11 in the final ITA ranking so that's crazy yeah they really are but we'll go on to the the bottom four and am I I think Am I going first or are you going first? I think I don't think oh, I'm going I'm going first. You, you go went first, first last time because I tricked you and acted surprised. That's so. true. Uh my number seven was your favorite UCF team, baseball. No way. Yeah. That is I struggled with this one a lot, and I hate that I put them that high after I've trashed them for this. Entire well now, season. well now I'm embarrassed to say. Oh, I can't. Oh, I love it. I put baseball higher than yeah, you. Yeah, you put baseball you higher than I did. Guess this. Oh man. I thought you were like legitimately gonna put them. Well, first I was like, he might put them at 10. But then I was like, no, I think he'll maybe put them at nine. I did if not if it was not for them being hot for two days, they would have been 10. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk baseball then. Let's talk baseball. They went 31 and 30 after, after so, well, where did you done. where did you have baseball? I had them eight. Eight. Okay, so yeah. it wasn't crazy. Different. It wasn't a crazy drop off, but yeah, number eight, I had, I had baseball who finished 31 and 30, 18. And in my notes, I had them 18 and four in the AAC, 18 and 14 in the AAC, not 18 <laughs> and four. Would have been um, a different year. Yeah, finished fifth in the AAC in the regular season. Um, and then they got in the into the, in the AAC tournament finals, which I'm still reeling from that that they got to the finals and then lost of all teams to USF who gets to now, I was like listening to like a, a college baseball podcast, like breaking down the field of 64 yesterday and looking forward to watching regionals this weekend. As I always do. One of my favorite parts of the summer uh, is regional weekend, but just the fact that like UCF was this close to being a part of this weekend for me was like, I was like, it could actually happen. And then for some reason I woke up on Sunday when I was like, it's UCF USF in the finals. Like, it's too good to be true. I was like, I was like, they're not going to win and I'm going to be really upset. And I was really upset. So 
I watched that game with my dad, who I don't think has ever watched a UCF baseball game in his life. And it was such a remarkably stressful experience and just ended in, I I think what I'm realizing is like, sometimes because of how bad they are in football, I forget what a just stupid fan base USF is. I, I, I really just like, they they want they want congratulations on your college baseball AAC conference championship and they tweet hashtag Champa Bay. We're up there with Tom Brady and the Lightning and it's like guys, they're literally the kid who's like knocking on the door at the birthday party. Like I didn't get an invite, but like I'm here. It's like you just need to stop. Like just yeah. stop, I, I, man. I, I mean, as him. as someone who is from Tampa and grew up even I mean, for 18 years, I, I grew up here and went to USF games. Um, like I said last week, my parents our alums um they just have never been nearly on the same level as the obviously the pros the pro franchises of course like, i they're just they don't they don't get the same amount of support they're just not really a part of it. and i guess like if you're going to go with a very literal sense sense yes they they're winning championships they're a part of tampa so sure have your fun with it but a large portion of like i would say the bucks rays lightning even i don't know the rowdies fan base is like not supporting usf no, no a one cares about USF. Portion, a we got because we got yeah, on there this are, because... There's like a UCF, probably I'd say the minority of those fan bases are USF alums and USF fans. We got on this, and now we're just on USF tangent. We got on this because on Twitter, USF fans were trying to make the point that their attendance is terrible because they're not in the Big East anymore, which sent me down this whole rabbit hole of looking at, and like, yeah, they had decent attendance for like a five-year stretch. And it's not a coincidence that I, I'll, I'll post photos. I literally looked up photos of some of these games. It's just, yeah, you, yeah, congrats. You played in a better conference with teams that were good and had big fan bases who would pack your stadium. USF never had 60,000 USF fans in their stadium. That's literally never happened. And so they, they basically just bragged about inflated numbers. But And we're going to have a podcast on this later this summer because I really want to talk about it. But I think I don't like that. I wish USF had a fan base. It sucks that UCF's main rival just it, it, no one cares about them. That sucks. That's I, so I don't know what, where you go for that. If you want Cincinnati to be a rival, or you just hope USF gets better or what. But anyway, UCF baseball. UCF baseball. Track. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've been so critical of them all season. You have, and the reason they got bumped is because I just looked at them and the other teams on the left. And when all was said and done, at the end of the day, they had at least about the same type of regular season as those other teams, and they were the only ones with any kind of postseason success. And to me, that just it forced me to put them there. So they're number seven. <laughs> Congrats, baseball. Yeah, and just a little bit, like I, like I said, highlights, that kind of is the reason I put them over the nine and ten uh, teams was they took two out of three on the road from the number one team in the country in Ole Miss – they won three games against ECU, who was a top 15 team and is hosting a regional uh, this weekend. And yeah, I mean, they just had a really strong finish to the season and got to the the final of the conference t- uh, tournament. So yeah, I mean, I, I think overall, not the season we expected them to have after last year being, I think, what was it, like 15 and four or something like that before COVID. Um, but, you know, they, they dealt with, they 15 dealt with oh, 15 and three. They dealt with an injury to their Friday night starter, um, one of their top hitters, uh had i think he tore his acl in like a celebration uh, of a walk yeah. early in the season um so yeah i mean they had some they had some hardships that they went through but i think at the end of the season i can look back and say it wasn't like it looked it wasn't like it i expected it to be right early that's parts of the season where i was like this is just really frustrating i did not see any coming but you know <laughs> but i the part of what's so frustrating though is like in ways that I, yeah i bumped them because of their aac conference tournament uh performance 
But it's also frustrating because, man, if now if you just had a couple different series not go the way they did, you, yeah. you'd still be playing right now. I mean, you got – but instead they put themselves in a position where they had to win the conference or their season was over. Yeah, and it's funny to me that there were a couple seasons uh, earlier in the Greg Lovelady era that they were right on the bubble. They were the first four out in back-to-back seasons, um, and they had not like they they had AAC records those years that were not as good as their AAC record this year. Like one yeah. of those years, they were under 500 in the AAC and were still in the bubble. And this year, they were like, oh, let's go 18 and 14 in the conference, and you know, still. Um, but they got killed by like every Florida non-conference team they played would just yeah. slap them. It, it was it was so strange. It's it's also kind of annoying that they didn't play Florida this year because that's the one team that they just always beat in state because I could use the why. wins yeah so, yeah we could we could have used those wins against top fifteen Florida, um, but I guess so we'll go on to number eight well well who is we don't so have number, your number seven so yet. my number seven is men's basketball assuming they're your number eight no nope. no nope. <laughs> okay well men's basketball. men's basketball was my number nine okay so I think I know who your number actually I don't know. Um, my number seven, yeah, men's basketball. Who I'm realizing our long-standing differences on Josh Heupel may have played a role in where we ranked a certain team. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I don't know. men's basketball. Yeah, men's basketball finished 11 and 12, eight and 10 in the AAC, six in the AAC in the regular season. Um, but to me, this just came down to just circumstances, and like I said, highlights from the season played a big role for me. So early in the season, they had the, the season opening win against Auburn. They beat Florida State on the road to snap a 27-game home winning streak for the Seminoles. They beat Cincy, and then they went, I think, 11 days without playing a game, without practicing. Yeah. And that really just they messed up their season. And then after after the shutdown, um, they had some close losses to Wichita State and then a one-point loss to Cincy that really, I think, made the difference in how we looked at the season. Because, yeah, there were some frustrating losses after the COVID uh, shutdown, but they still, they're just, we're just right there in a few games. And if those games are different, I think we're, we're talking about the season a lot differently because we're talking about, yeah, they faced the adversity and they overcame and finished with a winning record and finished, you know, top four or five in the conference instead of just a little bit under that, um, under that spot. But your, your thoughts on men's basketball, because I did not expect you to have them at nine. Well, that's because I've been defending them pretty heavily from yeah. people who are like anti-Dawkins. And I stand by all of that. To me, it is, I, yeah, it, like you said, I mean, it just COVID wiped out pretty much like 70% of their season. They had a really good start and a really good finish. Yeah. And I guess just it, it, my ranking was in no way of, oh, this is like, you know, they were, I don't think they're going the right direction, whatever. For all the reasons you just said, I totally agree with. I think the team's in a really good place. I think they could be really good next year. I think Dawkins is one of the best coaches at UCF, plain and simple. But it, at the end of the day, to me, it was just who had the best season, who had the worst season, and their season was downright miserable at times. I mean, it was – they seemed miserable. It was miserable to watch some of those games, and I just couldn't – a strong start and a start, strong finish to me couldn't overcome that for months there. I just – it was just – I hated everything that was happening, and it seemed yeah. like they did too. And it wasn't their fault. It was just this stupid COVID situation that they ended up in, and it robbed them of what could have been a really great year. But And to me, that almost hurt it even more is that – Unlike really any other teams on this list, well, yeah, honestly, unlike really any other, there's no other team that really got hit by COVID in a way where you can look and fantasize of the season it should have been. Like, they yeah. should have been a contender for the conference. They should have been an NCAA tournament. And instead, we just had to sit there and watch them not be that because of something that we never predicted in a million years could happen and affect sports this way. And yeah. That sucks. It was just not an enjoyable year to me. Yeah, and I, I did. I struggled between putting them at eight and baseball at seven. But I think, to me, it was just – circumstantially just 
the the trajectory that men's basketball is on early in the season and the way they finished did leave me wondering like if that hadn't happened what would the season have been like so that's i think that's yeah i kind of was like all right i'll put them at seven i'll put baseball down at eight um but we don't have your number eight correct we do i so i have not given you my eight or my ten is what i okay let me give you let me get your eight my eight is football okay they're my number nine okay okay yeah that makes sense yeah so we're gonna have the same ten yeah, uh, yeah. For football, I, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you know why they're there. I mean, it was I. To, one of the thing when I was doing research for this, like, it's funny how I've already forgot stuff about football season. I forgot that there was a point where UCF was the 11th team in the nation, like multiple games into the season. What? Yeah, UCF football was ranked number 11. Oh, before they lost to Tulsa. Yeah, they were two and zero and number 11. I don't that, remember I, that. <laughs> And that to me was just like, how the hell were they 11? I mean, I, I, I just, that kind of blew my mind a little bit, but yeah, I, it turned out very quickly. They didn't have a defense. Um, <laughs> and I know that was more or less COVID's fault. They had a lot of opt-outs and then they had injuries and then they had a few guys get kicked off the team. That's not a recipe for success. I, we've documented Josh Heupel. I had a different opinion on him than most of the fan base, which just frankly doesn't matter anymore Glad since he's, he's not here. But yeah, I mean, Gus Malzahn's a better coach. So I guess I am too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, it, and I think what the difference comes down to of our ranking is you and I would be a little bit at odds during the season because we just like, you hated this season. Oh, like, you hated everything about it. I and did. you were just furious every game. <laughs> I don't want to speak of it ever again, really. Yeah. I like, I literally remember like, I would, te- like, we would text because, you know, we talk about UCF all the time and like, like our perception, like I wasn't sitting here like, this is a great year. I'm enjoying it. I was annoyed a lot of the time, but I, I like, there were certain games I liked. I enjoyed the Tulane game. I had a good time watching it. I felt like they'd turned a corner and I felt like they were going to be competitive against Cincinnati. I thought they beat Cincinnati. I felt that them losing by three, even though it was super frustrating was to me, that was in a awful bounce house environment against the top 10 team. I felt like that was okay. They played Cincy closer than anyone until Georgia, whatever. Uh, but it, 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 a lot of the fan base felt it, it was all just awful. Yeah. Which is fair. I'm not arguing that I'm right. I'm just, I'm kind that's just kind of the way my personality trends is I tend to, especially with UCF football, I guess maybe it's the little bit in me. That's just kind of like a Homer at this point, since I've been following them since I was a little kid that I can find the good a little easier, but it, it was a rough year. Yeah. And I think, I've been talking a lot about like throughout this podcast about highlights and I just couldn't think of any highlights from this season. I couldn't think. Well, of, the like, other any... thing I was thinking about was when we, we, for a, a night sports now article, we ranked the games. You remember that? Oh, did we do that this year? I don't remember doing that. Yeah, we did that. And uh, I remember doing that in 2017. But I don't remember. I first I was like, I feel like we did that recently, but was that this year? No, we did it again. And, and uh, that was when it hit me a little bit that I was like, Ooh, yeah, this year. Because yeah. I think I think we both put the Georgia Tech game yeah, as number no, one. It was. And whenever the first game of the year is the best game of the year, that's not a good sign. I was just about to say, I couldn't think of any highlights from the season, except apart from maybe, you know, beating Georgia Tech was cool. Kind of just blowing them out was cool. And the fact, I think, from that game was just COVID was so, like, awful. Obviously, COVID was terrible for so many reasons. But throughout the whole summer, we're like, oh, I just can't wait till football gets back. Football needs to happen, right? And then eventually, finally – UCF football came back and for that to be the game they came back with I would guess like that would probably be my only highlight from the season but I just I don't know I was so frustrated sitting there, there at the USF I game I mean I I really liked the Tulane game the space uniforms might be influencing that it was also just probably. a fun very open it, it was a game that was high scoring but that UCF was in control of the whole time which that's I always- think the Tulane game it was, was at the point where I was so frustrated with the defense that I would leave the room every time you they would. were on the field yep 
So that's why I probably didn't enjoy that game as much is because I was only watching the offense, which actually probably you would have enjoyed my, it more. Yeah, I would have enjoyed it more. But I don't also, know. Also, I, I know UCF. I know UCF did not win, but the Memphis game was, for the record, yeah. a fantastic game. I know UCF didn't win, but that was a great, great game. Yeah, I mean, I think just the ending of it tarnished it so much for me. But yeah, it was. It was a good game. And I think it's weird because the Cincinnati game was probably the least frustrated I've been out of any of the losses, except for, well, until, no, probably the least, the least frustrated I've been. Yeah. Cause um, it was more understandable. And also, I mean, UCF held their own pretty much the whole way, which yeah. at that point in time, they'd had very different years. I think that UCF, like UCF season is perceived super differently for two things. One, if Obarski just makes that kick against Memphis, Yep. whole different season. Cause then they're in the New Year's six race, the conference race in the top 25, pretty much all the way through until the Cincinnati game. Mm-hmm. The other thing is if they just, and I know there was no way they were going to, because by the time the bowl rolled around, they were down, I think it was 10 defensive starters. But if they'd won the bowl game, they probably would have been in the top 25. I, I, it's like, there were just a couple, this is the problem with condensed seasons is like yeah. one or two games really does totally swing the season. But and we ended up with just a very, it wasn't a bad year. It was just a very mediocre year where there just wasn't a lot of positives to take away from it. And I think that's where it was like, by the end of the season, I was so frustrated with everything, but I was like, if they can somehow find find a way to beat BYU, upset BYU in the bowl game, finish seven and three, I was like, I'll feel a little bit better. But then the fact that they just came out and didn't even hold their own for the first drive, I was like, all right. I mean, which what was so unforgivable about that game is like going in, I was like, they're probably not going to win this game. And I, I, we even before we knew they were going to be missing more defensive starters for that game, we kind of assumed Richie Grant and Aaron Robinson and all of them would be gone. And I was kind of like, well, if we can just, you know, we have this great offense. If we lose this game, even like 56, 45, whatever, some crazy score, it'll be a fun game. No, the offense was horrible. Couldn't do anything. Yeah. It, just, it was like they couldn't do anything. And then, of course, we had Hypo famously opting for a field goal when they were down 20 something points at halftime. It was, it was just like, well, it was the first. I, I've watched a lot of UCF bowl games and I watched, I've watched UCF bowl game losses. That was, I, I that might have taken, that might have surpassed the curable for just worst UCF bowl performance. It was the first loss for UCF by more than one possession, right? Since, uh, 16. Yeah. 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 But it's 2017 through that game to 2020. They never lost a game by more than a touchdown. Yeah. And that, I think just, I don't know. It was just kind of almost a fitting end to that season for me. It just frustration wise. I literally, I mean, call me a bad fan, whatever you want. I turned it off by like midway through the first quarter. I was like, there's no chance I'm going to be sitting here for the next three hours watching this happen. When I have pre- Christmas presents to go wrap, I have a Christmas <laughs> mood to get in. I'm not going to let UCF ruin this. So yeah, I, for I mean, whatever I, reason, didn't, didn't you watch it again? Like, yeah. Well, I, so the first time I didn't finish it, I finally turned okay. it off and switched to the bachelorette finale, like <laughs> midway through the third quarter. And then I just, yeah. And then recently, uh, uh, like one or two months ago, it was fairly recently. I, someone put the whole game on YouTube and I watched it. I love glimpses into your personal life. Um, but <laughs> I guess we can move on to our, our number 10, which we both share. And I don't feel like there's a lot to say. About There's really the not much to say. I, yeah, this was the team that I honestly had the least to talk about. But yeah, women's soccer came in 10th because they were the actually the only UCF team that played games this year that had a certifiably bad season, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, two, four, and one. There was, there was six in the AAC. They didn't qualify for the AAC tournament because uh, they did the top four. And really just like when I was looking, like I said, highlights, I there wasn't any. And yeah, I know yeah. it was just – it was a tough year, and it was a shortened year, shortened season, and – I don't know what, you know, goes on or what, what happened like COVID wise, like if it really impacted anything, but I think just kind of an uncharacteristically bad season. Cause like even in the past years with women's soccer, if they haven't been like at their peak, they've at least still been competitive and they've still been like in the conference title conversation, but 
but this year it was just completely like just a an outlier of a season and that's what made it even lower in the rent like it was always gonna be last but that was what made their season even worse for me is like yeah this wasn't a team that you expect to have a season like this like they're they're it was super i assume it's an outlier i i don't really yeah. expect this to um carry over into next year but yeah it was just one of those years where you looked at it and i'm like i have i have no positive takeaway from the season this was just the one ucf season this year that just you know because even even basketball as bad of a year as they had with covid stuff they still they ended fsu's winning streak at home they beat auburn they had a five and one stretch in the year i mean there were things in there to take away and part of that was soccer and men's soccer luckily was able to turn around but part of it was it was such it was like the soccer seasons were so condensed compared yeah. to other all, sports. All conference, like an all conference schedule, and then like they had like a ten or eight eight game regular season or something like that. I think. Yeah, it, it was just like I, I. So it was just there weren't even like really chances for redemption or chances to take away something good. It was just yeah, it was just a flat out bad year. I'm not like oh that program's in trouble or anything. It was just well, just not a good year. We even mentioned last week when we were talking about the charge on tour that Tiffany Robertson Haydack was at you know, the Oviedo stop and she didn't at all seem concerned about what no, she seemed season. hyped up. Just like, she oh was, yeah, we've got yeah. all these top teams coming into Orlando next year. And we have like, she felt good about beating them. So it's not like, I don't Which think I guess yeah. it would be kind of weird if at the charge on tour, that she takes the mic and is like, I don't know guys, but <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I, I think it just kind of confirmed maybe there's a little bit of confirmation bias, but I was like, I, I just didn't really feel like out of coming out of the season. I wasn't like, uh Oh, this program is like headed for, you know, the worst, but it just, they've earned the benefit of the doubt at this point. I think so. With how they've been for years now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously like most clear cut bad season of any UCF team, but I think, you know, we're, we're running up against the time, but I think just, it's cool that that was the like one out, like one really, really bad season. I guess you could throw football in there if you want, depending on, you know, your, your opinion of them, but like going forward for these 10 and even for all the ones we didn't rank, like things look like everybody's still going to be very competitive, going to be um you know following what, what danny white was his goal while he was here was make ucf a top 25 athletics program just so many of these programs are perennially like in the top 25 or just close to the top 25 they're competitive and i think they're all going to be um back at that level next year and, and it's just really exciting and now kind of heading into the summer with um these sports not playing anymore i'm just gonna be like waiting waiting till next season and it's going to be like, I don't know, just me staring out the window, I guess, for, for a little while. For literally three months. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will be great. But do you want to run down our top tens for, for one uh, final little bit of recap, and then we'll jump into the little bit of news we have? Yeah, sure. So my top ten, top to bottom, was men's soccer at number one, women's tennis at two, volleyball at three, men's tennis at four, women's basketball at five, softball at six, baseball at seven, inexplicably, <laughs> football at eight men's basketball at nine women's soccer at 10 and for me it was number one men's soccer number two women's tennis number three softball number four volleyball number five women's basketball number six men's tennis i am sorry again that was unfair number seven men's basketball number eight baseball number nine football and number 10 women's soccer so I think this was fun. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this a lot. I think I think we learned a lot about the teams just from speaking to each other about and them. And our uh, opinions of, of the teams. Because I the things did that not matter. see. <laughs> yeah. I did not see baseball making the top seven on your list. Neither did I. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. But we're uh, where we're going next is into the news section. Not as much, um, uh, understandably, as we're heading into or in June now. Uh, football got a little bit going on. UCF made some nice upgrades around the Wayne Dench Center that just, I don't know, those were nice. Um, I guess kind of long overdue, but something that 
I guess the previous regime kind of forgot about it seemed like because Mohajer was like we need to make these upgrades and we were like is he talking about like full scale facilities and he was more meant like kind of the aesthetic of everything it's so, flash it that's is. what UCS UCS facilities are serviceable and they're not bad but I think Mohajer just came in which I realized I sent you some photos we talked about this last podcast of Arkansas yeah. State's facilities I'm like oh they have like they actually brag about themselves like everywhere and yeah. there's like led lights and stuff it just looks cool which yeah. is great because that's stuff that's like it's not like oh no we need an indoor practice facility it's just like spruce the place up a little and bit. if you haven't seen the pictures or videos go on twitter ucs awesome. twitter or instagram facebook they're they're everywhere and yeah so cool. it's it's a really good look um and on that same kind of note for football the the rest of the 2021 recruiting class made their way to campus uh this week and the extremely important recruiting period is now open we've already seen some guys visiting this week um, that opened on June 1st. So probably going to be a pretty big few weeks um, news wise for football in terms of visits and hopefully some commitments we'll see um, for both the 2022 and 2023 classes. And finally for football, Dylan Gabriel will be a quarterback counselor at the Manning passing Academy in July, which uh, is just another way he's following in the footsteps of McKenzie Milton, his good friend um, and somewhat of a mentor because um, McKenzie was a counselor in 2018 at the Manning passing Academy. Um, a little bit of men's basketball speculation, I guess you could say. Uh, Coach K at Duke is set to retire after this season, and in the, the initial like speculation of who could potentially replace him, UCF's Johnny Dawkins' name has been mentioned, but it looks like John Shire is believed to be the favorite, and I don't even know. I think they officially announced have, him. Oh, have they officially announced it? Yeah. Okay. Well, then forget I even said that. Johnny Dawkins <laughs> is here to stay, which I'm happy about. Um, Baseball, as we alluded to earlier, uh, had a had a good weekend at the AAC tournament that ended very sadly. Uh, they had their first two wins get them into the AAC semifinal on Saturday, and things got a little hairy. They lost five to two to ECU to force that elimination game, uh, a second game on Saturday. But they won that game two to one, a really a really good game actually, uh, to get to the AAC championship game on Sunday, which they lost eight to seven to USF. And as we mentioned earlier, they finished the season 31 and 30 overall and 18 and 14 in the AAC. Uh, they had four guys make the all tournament team. It was Josh Crouch who hit 412 in the tournament with four home runs. Uh, doesn't even seem right. Uh, Alex Freeland hit 438, a freshman with two home runs and eight RBI. So it'd be good to see him coming back. Jeffrey Pena hit 350 with a home run and four RBIs. And Jordan Rathbone continued his really good season, hitting 333 with two home runs and eight RBIs. Uh, men's tennis they've released their final ita rankings of the season for singles and doubles gabriel de camps was ranked number seven and juan pablo grassi mazucci was ranked number 102 um, and in doubles trey hildebrand and bogdan pavel were ranked 10th hildebrand and de camps were ranked 39th and grassi mazucci and pavel were ranked 89th uh, in doubles action same thing for women's tennis their rankings final rankings got released valeria zaleva was number 31 uh, Rebecca Stolmar finished 35th and Evgenia Levashova finished 110th uh, in singles and in doubles Zaleva and Ksenia Kuznetsova finished 53rd. Um, women's golf has Alyssa Lamoureux uh, participating in the first round of the Women's U.S. Open uh, which started on Thursday her first she teed off around 530 um, and then she tees off again for her second round on Friday around 1210 I believe and for uh, the rowing team Charlotte Wiley was named the AAC newcomer of the year and outdoor track and field, they're the uh, only ones really having their season continue beyond this week. Uh, they have two nights uh, qualifying for the NCAA championship in Eugene, Oregon, which begin on June 10th. And that was Renaya Jones in the 100-meter hurdles and Ashera Collins in the triple jump uh, event. So I, <laughs> I have one here on the outline. The road ahead, other than the, the outdoor track and field event and Alyssa Lamoureux, um 
participating in the U.S. Women's Open this weekend. The road ahead includes a lot of sadness and despair because UCF sports uh, are gone for a good few it's months. It's so dramatic. I didn't even see you wrote that. And then I'm going through the outline as you're doing the news and I just see it all bold. <laughs> the road ahead, sadness and despair. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just kind of my mood. And in terms of UCF sports, not having those around for a while um, is going to be it's going to be tough as it always is. But we have something kind of exciting and unexpected that Christian sprung on me at the beginning uh, right before this podcast, he actually two weeks after suspending uniform of the week decided, he said, Hey, I have a uniform of the week for this week. So I am sure curious do. to see where this is going. Right. So I do have a uniform of the week and this, and it's going back to suspended after this. So it's just back for one week, everybody. So enjoy this bonus uniform of the week. one week only. Um, so I originally thought I have a good idea of what re- will replace uniform of the week. All these recruits are coming to visit UCF's campus because, you know, recruits can visit again. We, that's been a big thing in the month of June. It's going to be like the craziest recruiting month ever. You know, UCF, they try on all the uniforms. They can put in whatever combo they like, whatever. So I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll like, I'll track and li- list out here. Oh, here's what UCF's recruits vis- visited this week. Here's the combos they chose to wore. Here's the uniforms they wore. They uh, screw that up because every single one of them just keeps wearing the 2019 space uniforms, the moon helmet, like every single freaking one. I've seen one recruit not wear it. One. So I've just decided we're going to award uniform of the week to the 2019 space uniform because clearly it's very popular among UCF's recruits. So, and it's been worn a, a lot this week. It's probably been worn more this week than it was worn in a game in 2019. So congrats to 2019 UCF space uniform for winning uniform of the week. Retroactive uniform of the week. And no, it's not, it's not winning for the game in 2019. No, yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's just, winning for now Yeah, for being worn it. today. Yeah. Somewhat symbolic, I guess you could say it is. No, it was worn by lots of potential UCF <laughs> players and it was a great uniform. So congrats to UCF recruits, I guess, for winning uniform of the week. <laughs> I guess we give the win to football. I guess the football has two wins now, but yeah, congrats to football. Just... Football has two wins and hasn't played a game since this podcast started. That's, that's great. Great for them. Yeah, it says a lot about it. UCF football's uniforms and your opinion it says a lot about me more than it anything does. i feel like. <laughs> I think it does but yeah uh that's that's two wins and we'll see if when uniform of the week comes back um if they're if they're gonna get on the board with number three but until next week we'll have episode 21 next week we're gonna move into the road to episode 30 which i'm sure we're gonna celebrate and uh, for for some reason i don't know every 10 seems pretty big so as long as we're still here for episode 30 that will be fun uh episode 21 next week but until then you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now we will talk to you next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye everybody.